0: You're listening to Like Nobody's Business, and I'm your host, Emily Castle. My clients call me a business strategist and leadership coach, but I'm also a published author, podcast host, and the founder of Women Up. Since 2014, I've been helping women launch, scale, and lead sustainable, mission-driven businesses with intentional strategies that support the entire ecosystem of their work and life to thrive and regenerate again and again for the long haul while creating a category of one in their industries, innovating with purpose, and doing work that's deeply fulfilling. If you're a woman devoted to doing things differently, being disruptive in service of your mission, and you're ready to learn, grow, collaborate, cross-pollinate ideas, and work smarter alongside other women founders, trailblazers, entrepreneurs, and business owners, you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have Courtney Zentner here with me today. She's the founder of The Drifter. And The Drifter is a full service culinary planning and design company for intimate dinner parties and events. She's the only full-service event planning company in Charleston, South Carolina, with a unique edge that provides clients with white-glove service for coordination, culinary, and design. Working with a select group of highly vetted vendors, they offer clients an entirely hands-off experience taking care of every detail someone could need from photographers, tenting, lighting, floral design, in addition to menu design, and wine pairings. I'm so excited to chat with you because I've seen, obviously, your social media at The Drifter, CHS, or The Drifters, The Drifter, singular. Singular. (laughs) Go look it up right now if you are listening to this because you need a visual reference for what we're discussing today and the business that Courtney leads. Um, Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to meet you.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay, so tell me a little bit about just,
0: doesn't have to be forever, but (laughs) like where'd you come from? How did you start this business? I know you started during COVID, so what were you doing prior to that?
1: Okay, so prior to really moving to Charleston, I would say I worked, I I went to art school. I'm sort of a long time, like since three, I've been painting and mixing colors and collaging all the things. Mm -hmm. I went to North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston-Salem for high school in the visual art program. I had uh, an array of jobs while I was in school. uh, I went to college in Boston. I did a dual degree at Tufts University and Um, the school's Museum of Fine Arts. But during that time, I did store displays for anthropology. I worked for an interior designer. I worked for a lighting designer. I worked for kind of in lots of different um, sort of event forward departments without really realizing I was destined for a career in events. I uh, was working for a florist um, at the time who Um, I was on site for a company that had hired them called Raffinelli events, which is a big, um, like super luxury events management company based out of Boston, but they have new offices in New York and Palm beach and DC. So immediately I was like, oh my gosh, what is this other side of production? What are they doing? What is, what are all the things Cut to, I start working as a creative assistant to the creative director, and eventually moved up um, over many, many years, um, high on the creative team as lead designer, working for um, an amazing array of clientele from the Obamas to uh, the White House as a whole, um, celebrities like Matt Damon, and you know lots of really amazing people in that duration, which taught me so much about who your client is, what they want, how to provide value, how to provide the highest level of service, how to maintain repeat clientele. Um, that experience as a whole was was absolutely instrumental in what we do now, which you would be like, wow, that that's that's go, you know, you went from this sort of Megatron, like that company had 50 people. We had you know five people just in charge of a warehouse, like it was a really amazing Amazon Prime of like efficiencies. <laughs> that then, when we moved to Charleston and in the effects of COVID, I it felt appropriate to I was consulting, I was working for wedding planners here and companies here to help bring that mentality to their companies mm-hmm. when COVID began. Um, you know, New York and Boston and New England, where a lot of that clientele was, was very ahead uh, as far as timeline. So I sort of knew that my work was slowing. My husband, <clears throat> in the meantime, he's longtime restaurant chef, went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Um, he was a culinary director and oversaw nine restaurants in Boston. So just like amazing um portfolio and bio and he was working as the chef at Charleston Grill here in town that obviously the hotel slowed um, and we said you know let's make bread see if we can make our car payment and cut to you know many years later obviously lots of people had that idea about baking bread but we were very mm-hmm. um, steadfast in like the method, in how it was given to people, how it was spoken about. And we didn't even really mean for that to happen. It just sort of came from like knowing that a lifelong legacy of sort of providing at a high level, both from food and from customer service. And it led to bread being delivered hot on bicycles with like quotes that made people happy written on the bags. Um, we did everything in cash for a little bit just to make it easy. But again, it's COVID. So people were like dropping off little sandwich bags of money on our door and kind of putting it, sliding it under the door. And it was really like crazy. And, um, <laughs> but within like two weeks, we were already moved moved into a commercial kitchen. We had, wow. door, it was two at a time at the time um she thought the bread was play-doh no we did not sell <laughs> any, any of that bread to anybody that um, she she took as hostage but um you know we did uh, really always go into it though n- saying that it needs to be provided at the highest level or not if somebody didn't pick up their bread that they ordered we didn't give it to them the next day we made them a new one um and it didn't matter it didn't matter to us it mattered that that they got the best the best of what they paid for so we began sort of strategically talking about how to make sure people knew we like didn't just make bread weren't going to open a bakery weren't going to you know do all those things and so we started selling like soup and bread and soup and salad mm-hmm. and bread and soup and salad and chicken and bread and then within a short period of time we had kind of had people quietly asking us will you come make dinner in my house? It's just the four of us. Will you like seeking a sense of normalcy? And we did. It was just my husband and I for two years, uh, baking all the bread. I had to chop all the garlic. It's not my full time. <laughs> I was doing all of the social media, the marketing, the all of the financials, YouTube university, a lot mm-hmm. of it all the whole time. kind of just figuring it out as we as we went all while questioning whether or not you know will we have to go back to work tomorrow was everything gonna open back up will normalcy ever come back into our lives and here we are and that answer is this is the new normal for us and this is our life now and um so it's a really one of so so many remarkable stories that come out of that ability to just sort of be able to take a risk in where you are, because we didn't really have another option. Mm-hmm. You know, we needed to provide for our family and provide for ourselves. And, you know, we managed to keep the business as a creative outlet, which we were so fortunate to do. Um, so it was really a, a a completely wild ride for us and still continues to be, as we <clears throat> kind of fine tune in ways that we didn't have time to before we didn't have time to like right. slow down and be like wow we should really put this on quickbooks or wow we should yeah. really like think about uh you know health benefits for people someday we should we didn't that's not what we did we right. focused on providing for clients and providing for you know the community and giving away what we could and just being as present as we could in that regard.
0: Mm -hmm. I love this origin story so much for so many reasons, (laughs) but the thing that I'm hearing you say, that's so important that I just want to like put a spotlight on for those listening is when you're just getting started in a business, you're so focused on service. You're so focused on how can I do this thing and deliver it in the best possible way. And then once you hit a certain tipping point of growth, it's like, wait, okay, pause. Where are the systems to be able to sustain the next phase of evolution? The next, the scaling of this thing, right? Because if we don't do that step, <laughs> the business starts to run on us versus us running the business, right? We're no longer in a leadership mode. We're actually in a um, sort of a reactive yeah, better
1: flight, flight a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we have a really strong team now. We have felt an influx of growth through staff that was exponential with growth of events and need. We mm-hmm. have had dips in staff where we weren't aligning Uh, where we kind of felt the burn of being like, wow, this is a small team now. And now, and like how to kind of rebuild knowing what we learn. And that what I've continued to learn is like, that's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. We are going to to continue to kind of continue to fine tune and curate. It's like the word of my life, I swear, is the word curate. And I use Mm -hmm. it in so many ways. But this experience is exactly that. It's finding what works and fine-tuning the pieces that don't and kind of continuing to take this big thing and break it out into pieces and, and kind of like nurture certain parts of it. Well, actively what I'm learning uh, along with my husband is like, you know, we have to kind of nurture all the things, <laughs> right? <laughs> and figure out how to also get our work done at the same time. And, make sure that our staff are happy and our clients are happy and the work is done and our children see us and do all of that while continuing to think about, you know, how to do better at all of it at the same time. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, it's a really, um, I think we constantly say, you know, we we have to look at it day by day, week by week um, while also of course, kind of having signs up on the wall that remind us of where we want to go in a year or five years. But, um, you know, I think that it's, it's been, uh, you know, such an incredible learning, um, experience for us and and it it will continue to be.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I like. It's funny that you say the word of your life is curate because that makes so much sense for what you do. And I, as I, as you were saying that, I was like, "What's my word?" And I think it's evolve. Like what you're describing is what I always say to my clients: is like these are the evident inevitabilities of evolution. We're not mm-hmm. going to get around the fact that we're going to have to pause, we're going to have to refine, we're going to have to adapt, we're going to have to yes. do all these things throughout the process of evolving and growing in this business the business itself, but also as an individual who's leading that business and responsible for nurturing all the parts and, um, becoming the version of ourselves, especially as women who can hold all of those pieces simultaneously and be thinking about (laughs) the short and the long term at the same time without going absolutely insane (laughs) from from the collision of the two, um, So I just, I love that you said that and it makes so much sense. And all of that is so, yeah, I'm sure the people listening right now can just relate so deeply to feeling that crunch and that squeeze when growth is just kind of the norm and what's happening.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And actually it's really interesting because I just got back Wednesday from a conference that I went to in New York City called the Welcome Conference, which is put on Mm -hmm. by um, an amazing collection of people, one of whom used to run um, the number one restaurant in the world, 11 Madison Park in New York. Um, And it was a a whole day at Lincoln Center with like really uh, groundbreaking conversations in hospitality and service. And one of the gentlemen who spoke was a professor at Harvard named Tal Ben Shahar. And he Mm -hmm. has the number one class at Harvard. um, And he spoke about stress. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was there with my coworker, our operations manager, who just immediately looked at me and said, he's speaking into your soul right now. You know that, right? Because it was, I am by nature, a very stressed person person. I think I hold, uh, a lot of weight necessarily or unnecessarily in myself being, like you said, a mother, a business owner, you know, all of the things. Um, but he spoke about how stress is actually good for you. And I was like, here we go. Finally, somebody. (laughs) Yay. Um, but he spoke (laughs) about it in regards to, you know, it's, it's a muscle and you have to really, you, when you are at the gym and you are working out your muscles, they get bigger and they get stronger and you should flex your muscles. You should, you should use stress as a tool to get stronger and to get better at the problem is not stress. The problem is the recovery Mm
0: -hmm. and the recovery
1: is what we lack and the recovery of being able to say that was a really stressful day. I need to go home. I so really yeah. sure I need to put my phone down. That and he spoke about how productivity changes so much dramatically. Even he went to the stock exchange and he's telling guys that they have to take 30 minutes away from their computer. And they're like, no way, like, that's not possible. And he began to communicate with them in a way where they agreed on 15 seconds, 15 seconds every two hours they needed to do something different. And they needed to walk Mm -hmm. around 15 seconds. And within a month, the entire productivity of the, of that floor of guys that were doing this job increased by 30%. And so it was such a phenomenal concept to me to just, and it was like scientifically proven, like Mm -hmm. he had worked with doctors to go through that. And so I found that to be inspiring and refreshing to actually hear it in a way that wasn't coming from, my mom or <laughs> my <laughs> husband I love him but you know people that are like yeah don't be so stressed it's like ah you know it's all relative and now i'm like you know it's okay it is okay to be stressed it's okay it means you're growing it means you're doing your your you're growing mm-hmm. and you care um and we do a, a great deal about what we do and um especially when it is my husband and I, it's not like, oh, I, my business can't do well because my husband is a doctor and all of, or all, and all of my health insurance runs through him. Every single thing for our family lies within the two of us. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's great when you're doing great and great, you know, in all of those ways. And, um, you know, I think that we're lucky to have each other to Support each other in different ways throughout this process.
0: (laughs) Like little background noise, life happening.
1: Sorry, there's a few, there's a few things happening on the other side. Isn't that life, though? It's exactly.
0: I never edit that stuff out. It's just the way it is. Yeah, we're (laughs) living. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And what's that been like to have? Now pivoted from. I'm assuming you both were employed by others for the entirety of your relationship, and then all of a sudden being kind of thrust into this opportunity that was an obvious yes for both of you, but also like, oh,
1: <laughs> now think, right, you know,
0: it's up to us only. Yeah, I
1: think that we together became, we became every position that we had studied in our previous companies, I think that had we not had the longevity that we both had had working for our previous employers, which is many, many years, I think we wouldn't have been able to say, oh my gosh, well, A, have the understanding and the the sincere gratefulness of, the impact of what each of those positions had on the success of that company and I think in that time a lot of times you take those people for granted that there's like somebody every day that like fills a printer with paper there's somebody every day that turns on all the lights that make sure that the thermostat is on like things that you don't really think about day to day that are taken care of by so many different people and we were all of those people and so a i think that it 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 offers us a it made us very very um grateful like huge, enormous gratitude to understanding now the breadth of a team and all of what that encompasses and i think that really now what we've done is is implore that into our team it even when we hire people we say like there's not one person that's above washing dishes in this in this building. I do it. my husband does it everybody there's not like we want everybody to be able to support everybody and everything that they do because that is what I believe made Mike and I so strong in this business together is that we didn't lean we didn't outsource anything we didn't we got scrappy like we figured out how to do it and we don't want to become so far out of reach of the of the ethos of what where we started and um even as we grow we continue to keep people and keep ourselves very humble like yes we have like a stacked board for October but like nothing is guaranteed day after day and so you are only really as strong as your team as your last event as the people that are alongside you. And so we work really hard to make sure that those people feel supported, but also support us in return. And I think that that's a really big thing is like, we are, this is a small but intimate company where we all really, we're together a lot. Um And we all really have to be able to count on each other. And I think that that, that would be something that I would say that we really learned from the beginning, but also were taught, like I said, through the companies that we worked for that were much larger, but we took the concepts of that of that and are just kind of embedding it, but also going back to, like I said, this sense of gratitude towards what it took to build that big company and what the pillars are for those people and why did we stay so long at those companies? What was great about them? Mm-hmm. What made them hard? How do we continue to inspire our team to have longevity and feel creative at all times? So mm-hmm. that's I would say that's sort of where we where we are at this moment of growth as well.
0: Mm-hmm. When you think about, so I'm just trying to like read the minds of those who are listening and looking at what you've built so far and thinking about like how do I? how do I take a page out of her book? And I wonder for you, it seems like a lot of the, like you started with loaves of bread and now you do these beautiful, like I've seen the dinner parties that you have and like the wedding, do you do weddings? Yes. Right. Yeah. So like weddings and these huge, beautiful events with all of these gorgeous details and like candlelit, beautiful tablescapes and like it's an experience. You've built like a world around whatever event it is. And then I'm assuming there's also like the food and the, all the pieces, right. That you, that you bring together. So it's like this full event experience production and thinking about like, okay, you started with a loaf of bread and you got there. (laughs) So like, how did you make the decisions along the way of when it was the right time to expand upon what that sort of core of where you started
1: was? I will say, I think the decisions were actually put in front of us. So Mm -hmm. early on, we had a call from a woman who lives here in Charleston, who a friend of a friend had given her our names and said, these guys are cooking food but I think she does events but I'm not sure it was like a very light conversation Mm -hmm. she said I want to have a party on summer solstice it was June 13th 2020 and I want it to be all day an all-day party to celebrate this summer party summer solstice at my home John's Island we said I wasn't even really sure. We didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about anything. We, I didn't even have her address. Um, we ended up exchanging information. I ended up going out to her home. Incredible property, waterfront, just st- stunning. She ends up hiring us on the spot to do this 12 hour party that we called Noon to Moon. Ooh, I wanna be at that party. Oh. So- <laughs> It was it was a cool party. It was a cool party. I mean, we, it was very much at the time of like, she had every guest take a COVID test, we took COVID right. tests, we wore masks, we did all the things, but it was still the longest party on earth. It was so much work. It was extraordinary. And we said, what a time. Like she doesn't, she wasn't sure what she wanted. So we leaned in and said, do you know what would be great? is you should do lunch by the pool, then snacks, then have, we get you a gigantic adult water slide, which was 22 feet tall. We should um, have a, an amazing photographer, Gately Williams came and did this killer photo portrait studio for them, like in their bathing suits. And it was amazing. And then it turned into a seated dinner on the lawn, under the moon with tiki torches. It was bonkers. And (laughs) it just miraculously happened to be 30 to 40 of who people who are now our clients. And it was the right people in the right room who we leaned in for. Mm -hmm. And we had never done a party, just the two of us. We had never really done a party in general, by the way. Um, (laughs) And we told our entire staff, you need to treat this home and these people like they are in the VIP section of the Four Seasons Hotel. Say no to nothing, be at their beck and call, remember their names, remember their drink orders, Do not have them tell you twice. Go.
0: Oh God, that sounds so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who's just like, I've been in the service industry and I only worked at like the best restaurants and it was just like the standard of excellence. And now everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm kind of always disappointed because I'm like, why is this not? It's
1: not (laughs) not at the level. Why? And it's so it's so hard to, to focus on that. And so I'm sorry, that's a printer. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so interesting because it does seem so simple, but it does require a lot of work. It requires absolutely having people that believe in what you do and believe in and that you have enthusiasm and that, that are extensions of who you are and that's a really big thing for us is we don't have this 100 person roster of service staff. We have like 10 that we've curated mm-hmm. over time that follow suit of like, they know the motions. They know that like, you know, how to slowly walk up and switch the drink out for the host. They know how to do all of those movements that are really effortless, that are a lot of effort. So I think that right. that's something that we really try to infuse in our practices from the time that you call and you say, I want a party to the time that, you know, we're leaving and I organize your refrigerator for you because it's kind of a mess and I want things to be in alignment for you. And like, So everything, every, every element of that experience for us is about ensuring the highest level of service goes to people from blowing their mind with a tablescape or a dish that they, that they didn't even try, that they just said, that sounds cool. I don't even know what that is. Go for it. I think Mm -hmm. that there's, We've grown to have a trust in our clients. And I think that that's another really important thing that you have to earn is, you know, they, a lot of clients don't even really look at the design. They don't really want to know what it's going to look like. They want to be surprised or they say, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I trust you guys with the menu. Do what you love, do what you love imagine somebody saying that to you as just, that's paying you to do that just do what you love do mm-hmm. what you love I know I know that you know me I know that you know my house or I know that you know my husband or my wife or my you know whomever that we're doing this for and that's a really special thing that um we don't take for granted and we know that that one slip of, of the trust, you know, it wasn't exactly what they wanted. Well, how do we fix it? Or gosh, they, we thought they liked truffles and they really don't like truffles. So we have mm-hmm. to fix that. And you know, what are those things that come out of that? And it's also very much about the recovery of a situation like that. And how do you come out higher than when you left? And how do you make people feel really good if something kind of slightly goes off? off the edge um and we're just sort of constantly always trying to do better and um fine-tune and curate <laughs> to mm-hmm. use word mm, I'm, I'm
0: obsessed with that I think there's just so much like there's something so powerful about an event or an experience that's just so well thought out and so intentional every step of the way. And it's just a really powerful thing to experience. And I think for people, if you've never experienced that level of like service or that level of intentionality and attention to detail and care, like deep care and creativity and curation throughout the whole thing, Mm -hmm. it's hard to even Know how good it can be
1: <laughs> you know? absolutely. I think that that's that's why we you know that's why we go to hospitality conferences in New York City. that's why we you know do you know tell our staff like take your time off and don't hang out at your house like where do you want to go? what class do you want to take? what restaurant do you want to go to? do you want to do you dream of going to Paris to take a pastry class like Let's talk about it. Let's build that into what you do here and constantly just raising the bar and bringing something to the table that we're not the first people to be doing what we're doing by any means. Um, We're certainly not the first people, you know, in uh, many, many hundreds of years, but it's, it's just a matter of, you know, focusing on yourselves, focusing on the building, the business and not really being distracted. I think that it's really easy in the age of social media to be really distracted, mm. um, in lots of ways by what other people are doing. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's room for everybody and there's room for, um, you know, there's always, always, always room for, more hospitality and people to be nicer to each other and people to give more and people to doesn't, doesn't cost anything to be nice to people. It doesn't cost anything, you know, even that experience that you were just describing of saying, you know, if you haven't experienced like a well thought of event, or if you haven't experienced it, that, that experience, you can get that at Target and you go through the checkout line of somebody that like took care of you. Mm -hmm. You can get that at the grocery store. You, anybody that's providing any type of service, no matter what it may be, can, can embody the feeling that you feel from being at a beautifully orchestrated event. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. It's believing in what you do and putting joy behind it and taking care of people. And um, easier said than done, but I certainly think that, you know, every step that we take and everything that even we teach servers or bartenders is hopefully they can then take it, take it outward. And that's really what we're, we're trying to do here is to just continue to spread this layer and level of hospitality that, um, you know, I think everybody deserves you know, to feel that good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it sounds like the difference or what's really disruptive or unique or innovative about what you are doing is really your approach to and the intentionality behind every detail, every, Mm -hmm. the way that things all kind of like dance and flow together to create this ultimate, experience of some kind for people, whether that's a dinner party or wedding or who knows what in between.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we are very, we're very thorough um, Mm -hmm. with understanding who our clients are and, you know, what their lives are like, what their homes look like, how they dress, what they eat, where they just vacationed, you know, what are, how can we make this feel as personal as possible to you to make it feel like this is, this is your party. You're, you're enjoying it. You're, you should come down and feel relaxed in it. How do we best do that? How, you know, I think uh, something that's always really funny to us is, is, you know, I guess funny is the wrong word. It's always just interesting when you get an inquiry. That's like, here are the things that I need. I need a four course dinner and I need flowers and I need this. And we, and, and we always say, hmm, who are you? What do you, what are you doing? Like, what, what's your, what, like, let's get on the phone. Can you meet for coffee? Like, let's get to know each other so that that's not that, that's not you know, can you send us a menu of what you do? Can you send us your portfolio? Mm, no, honestly, because <laughs> the menu is written for you by us, the design is designed for you by us. I, it, it yes, there's a beauty of like portfolio work and seeing the range and seeing a style of some kind that's tailored and interesting and, um you know, can go high or low but ultimately it's really about figuring out who these people are and what what's the what's the mood what's the vibe what are you what are you going for and if you don't know that's totally fine where like who are your guests like really getting to know this experience and I think you know we have an array of clientele that some of which is from are from New York or LA and like that's actually you can feel the tone shift just based on their exposure to food beverage style design etc uh in how they speak about what they want but even at that i think that it's still like a really cool conversation to always have and something I find always challenging is like, wow, you've been, you've done it all, you've seen it all, you've traveled the whole world, you have five homes. Wow, hmm, quite a daunting task for us to like really up the ante on what that is and what that, what this party will be. And um, I think rather than being um nervous about it and sort of intimidated by that we use it as fuel and we use it as fuel to say well this one better be freaking awesome and it better be exactly what they want and um that's just we actually thrive off of of that sort mm-hmm. of situation um so I don't know if that answered your question, but um, yeah. sort of a, a train of thought there.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a fun challenge to be faced with every time. <laughs> yeah. And yes. and I feel like there's also that element, like you were saying, of just really trying to get a feel for who is this person and how do I best serve them in this moment, in this way? How can we really hone in on knowing who this person is, what they need from us and how we can deliver and meet that and exceed expectations. Um, And I think that's true, no matter what you do. I think that's true for me in my work too, with women, it's like, who is this woman? What is her motivation for starting, growing, scaling this business? What does that look like for her? What are the other factors that are important? Where, what is the ecosystem we're working within? Like, Mm-hmm. what's it really important to her above everything else and what does she really value and all of these things right and then being able to come in and say how can I serve this individual person and I think sometimes we especially like typical business advice is so general and paints with such broad strokes that we miss those nuances of like how to serve this individual person that's in front of me versus like this ideal client avatar who's like very like specific but also general because if I think I know that and I get too attached to that I stop seeing the person in front of me who is an individual and is
1: totally their own unique thing (laughs) yeah 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 and I think you know even true too is like What we've been talking about, my husband and I, is just the act of listening and Mm -hmm. sitting back and not always needing to be the people that are talking at the top, not always needing to be the people that are running the meetings. And listening is such a powerful tool to, to understanding what your team needs, what your clients need. If you're somebody that comes in and says, Well, this is what this needs to be, and this is what I think this is, you're not really listening and you're not really right. getting to know them, and you're not getting to know what works for them. And you know, if you don't listen, you're never you're really never gonna get it right. And so, and I think that's true in, in everything. Um, but I think in this, you know, moving into we're like three and a half years into this business, and I think that we're now at a point where we can slow down the, you know, the hamster wheel a little bit and and start to really continue to grow our team, but really continue to listen to what their asks are, what they're, but it's even beyond what they're asking and what they need. It's more of what, you know, um, their day to day and how to make them, you know, happy, but make sure that like, do they understand their job? Are they doing it right? Do they have enough information to be successful in what they're doing? And by listening to them, even on an inquiry call or speaking to a colleague, or you're like, wow, you don't get that. Or wow, nailed it. Like, yes, yes, we're doing something right. Or "Mm, like, maybe we need to kind of like recalibrate here, or you are really Mm -hmm. succeeding in this one area, but you're not as passionate here. How do we potentially like restructure your job? Like what, what, so that you're doing something that you're wholly passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what we're, we're working on right now as far as co- culture goes in our company.
0: Mm, amazing. I love that. That's such valuable insight and so true. Like I always try to reinforce this to my clients and community <laughs> members and everyone like you have to listen you have yes. to validate things first before just like thinking you know what the problem might be and solving yes. problems that don't really exist or solving the wrong problem. Definitely. Um so yes listening is such an important skill that often goes you know it's not as like sexy no. <laughs> some other things. No,
1: I agree. And it's hard. It's hard to not talk it's hard right to oh my god get off your own mind and listen to others it's hard to even again in the age of social media and the internet it's hard to actually physically focus on people when they're talking without looking at four different devices and so mm-hmm. that as a whole like we have meetings constantly where we are like all right no phone no computer you need to write it down you need to like have a notebook. Um, it's groundbreaking um, <laughs> that you can write things down, but the, the level of distraction that is just so high that um, you know bringing it down and allowing people to look each other in the eye and listen mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. and what they're saying is very powerful. Mm, I love that. So brilliant.
0: Okay. So people can find you. We'll link all of it up in the show notes, but your Instagram handle is at the drifterCHS and your website is the drifterCHS.com. Perfect. Yes. We'll link it in the show notes. So for those of you who are listening, you can click it and it's easy. You don't have to remember. But thank you so much, Courtney, for being here today and sharing this conversation together and revealing some behind the scenes details and how you're navigating things as you're leading this beautiful company you're building.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and stay tuned for more.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Can't wait to see what's next.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Good things up our sleeves. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep your mind wide open. Keep your soul aligned. You've got all the answers waiting there inside. You're not alone. Take a throne like nobody's business.
0: Like nobody's business. So much for tuning into today's episode of Like Nobody's Business. So, what did you think? I hope you found this episode absolutely enlivening. If you loved it, I'd be so, so grateful if you'd help me spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or a loved one you know would feel supported and encouraged by this too. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss an episode. It's also infinitely helpful to me and to my team if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast so that other trailblazers like you can find this resource, know it exists, and step out of struggle and into more ease. Thanks so much for sharing your time with me today and for taking this space to receive nourishment for your greatest vision. And in case no one told you this today, you are wildly brilliant beautifully wise and radically trustworthy keep shining your light so that all of those who need what you're here to share with our world can see feel and experience your unique medicine thank you thank you thank you and i'll talk to you soon
1: like nobody's business